0: Hello everyone. Welcome back to the Quixotic Topic. I'm your host, Daquan, and today I'm joined by... Adam. And? Harold. And today we're going to be talking about technology. And so, Adam, when you came to me and said that you want to talk about technology, was there anything in specific that you were referring to? or? So
1: the first thing that pops to my mind when I think of technology is probably like cell phone technology and wearable technology that we bring around with us every day. Mm-hmm. um it's just kind of fascinating how everyone has access to all this technology now right, right um you go back 10 years people couldn't have dreamed of having a computer in their pocket mm-hmm. um I mean even with the first few iPhones um they were sluggish but now everyone thinks it's second nature to pull out their phone and do tasks that couldn't have been imaginable yeah uh, that just kind of fascinates me and I thought that'd be a good topic to kind of
0: yeah yeah definitely on. um one thing that I do notice is uh, uh with the surplus of technology that's around us is that we kind of rely on it i would say in some cases a bit too much um for example like given the fact that all information that you could ever want is on google you never really need to know anything um it kind of circumvents a lot of uh common educational practices especially in terms of remembrance especially (laughs) Uh, seen as that it's stored on a um, tablet for you, and so I think that um, technology in some cases can be kind of a crutch that can lead to some unfortunate happenstances. What do you think, Harold?
2: Yeah, I mean, like I think in the terms of like it being a crutch, like the most obvious thing is like the calculators for me. Like calculators. Now yes. calculators, like I don't know, this school doesn't really use them, but the school inspires. The school of like, science and math, the school of science and math. Yeah, well, really any school. But the, the TI Inspires, actually, like, most people don't know about it. They'll do most of your, like, math one, math two, math three for you. Like, you really don't even have to, like, have those classes learned. Like,
0: yeah, definitely.
2: I think I might have done, like, two math problems on, like, an SAT test just, just like, by myself. Just because those calculators, they, I mean, they get it done for you. Like Right, right. Before, when researching papers, you'd have to go to the library, look through newspapers, stuff like that. Now, you just... Look up scholarly articles, and you have access to millions just in your hand, basically. So, yeah, for it's, sure, it, it's a little bit of a crutch.
0: Yeah, it's definitely, like, a lot of power to wield in the sense that, like... Oh, that's another thing, is that the, this technology is being pushed to younger and younger audiences. For example, just the other day, I saw a seven-year-old with an Apple Watch. I was like, <laughs> huh. And... Um, it's interesting that, like, it, I had to stop and think about that because, I mean, technology is open to everyone to use, so that's pretty fair. But the uh, it's interesting to see how technology is starting to affect uh, younger people. Um, another example of this is, like, children who have these co- sort of digital pacifiers now in the form of, like, an iPad with Fruit Ninja on it.
1: Yeah, um, that's definitely something I've noticed. I mean, younger and younger kids are having access to cell phones. And uh, it's a big responsibility, giving them access to the worldwide Internet. I mean, that's a lot of information that they have access to. And I think that exposing children to such information at a young age can really hinder their future ability to, like, even, like, focus. Because um, constantly being exposed to... I guess, high levels of dopamine and high, high response times in, like, a phone. Yeah. You, like you, come, pers- to, you come to expect that. Right, procedurally
0: reducing the ten- attention spans.
1: Yeah, and so you come to expect things happen just like that all the time, like it does on the internet. Right, and then you and,
0: start raising brats. <laughs>
1: yeah, and, I mean, the younger you get it, I mean, I feel... I- I've seen people as young as in, like, first grade with, like, an, an iPhone. Yeah. And that just blows my mind. I mean, I had a flip phone up until... Like, oh, yeah, definitely. Like, I feel
0: like... Everyone in the Gen Z, is that us, I think? I'm pretty sure that's us. Yeah. Um, yeah. We all had, like, we had to start with the, like, Blackberry as, like, a screen and a keyboard, mm-hmm. and then maybe, like, once middle school started, then we got to have, like, the big, uh, full touchscreen, but, um... Bro,
2: every phone I've had, I've worked for. I've bought, with my own money, every single phone.
0: What did you do? Like, where'd you get the money from?
2: Um, Classified
0: classified okay so <laughs> we have a vagabond here um <laughs> what's that uh pretty much someone just a criminal oh yeah
2: uh not me but whoever employed me at a rather young age probably
0: No, oh, yeah so when you were employed at a rather young age were you um privy to technology like did you have to use an ipad to organize where you would do your crime
2: no man i just got out of bed at seven went to work and came back and <laughs> got paid <laughs> Like back then, I say like the first time I worked would have been probably been like, sixth or seventh grade. I think I might have either had like, I think I had one of those flip phones with the like, you could either type on the front screen and like pop it open and you got the keyboard. Mm-hmm. I had one of those until like seventh grade. That's when I got my first iPhone.
0: That you worked for. That I worked for legally.
2: Legally, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, we say that in air quotes. Yeah,
2: <laughs> legally.
0: Yeah, that's a interesting like how you were able to just kind of find well I don't know did you go on your out of your way to find that illegal avenue of work no Oh, uh, okay <laughs> like just so kind of opened up for you yeah it was just there it's just like
2: it's uh, yeah yeah
0: yeah well I mean that's really dangerous actually because that job could have been like really anything and it could have it also could have not been a job as well I mean a lot of people use like um notice that in big cities that people have like signs up where it's like fr- uh work for cash. and just like a phone number. And oh, no, call no, no, no. It...
2: Like, I actually like, like, they're like related to me. Okay. So I wasn't right. like, now granted, the job was very dangerous. And I don't, I don't think you can
1: actually work that job till you're like either 18 or 21. But
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah, it, I got paid by the hour. So I'll and, and it. it makes sense. I mean, like kind of at a, a young age, like people in your family tend to employ, Um like whether it's like a family business or like a family farm or something like that. Hey, it's hard work, um, but I will say it does those kind of jobs. You kind of instill work ethic, and yeah, so like, that's for sure. and like when you, you you lose that degree of work ethic if you're just given things. And like, um, like definitely younger and younger kids are getting just given these phones, and some kids come to expect it now um, that they have their phone. Like my little brother, uh, my parents were adamant about holding off, mm-hmm. and like, even still, he. He was very persistent about getting a phone for so long. It's just because everyone in his grade had yeah, a phone. There's he, like
0: that peer pressure.
1: Yeah, and he's in like he was in the fourth grade, begging That's for crazy. like iPhone but begging for an iPhone. And like there are kids in his class that had way better cell phones than like any of anyone in my family. Yeah, and that just blew me away that little kids were given access to these phones. And I guess my parents finally cracked down to the pressure because, yeah. and it's just it, I think it's. Uh, it's a help um like definitely it's nice having access to all this technology but especially little kids being exposed to stuff like social media um like just recently you read articles all the time on how social media will just break down just children at a very young age who just whether it's like body image or not Um, being able to meet expectations of like some extremely athletic kid or
0: something like that you're not getting enough likes on your post yeah it's just
1: it, it's a little. It's ridiculous. a big
0: heap of anxiety, uh, in social media.
1: Yeah, and, and don't get me wrong, social media is great. Like, mm-hmm. I definitely enjoy using it, um, as a means of keeping up with some old friends. Um, I've moved around a few times, and I think Harold's mentioned that he's moved around quite often too. Yeah, not. Um, well, he's mentioned to me personally, oh, okay. um, but, uh,. Yeah, so I've moved around a few times, and each time you kind of build your own friend group and move away. But it's nice to keep in touch. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, if I compare that to like my my dad's generation, right? He he had a lot of good friends. He was in the his he was a navy kid, so he was always moving around. He lived in Guantanamo Bay, Naples, uh, all that such. Um, so he made friends in every little spot, and he made really good friends in Virginia Beach. Mm-hmm. Um, and he still keeps in touch with those really good friends, but. They weren't able to keep in touch as much. You had the you had the phone, right? You could right. call every once in a while and stuff. But now, it's nice being able to like see what your friend is up to and like message them just yeah, like definitely. that, easy.
0: Just, just send them a quick ping. Um, another thing about children having uh, earlier access to technology, I feel, is that on the offhand, like the I guess this might be a pro to it, is that since all of these we have like young people being introduced to what technology is at such a young age that like as they grow. Like, they'll be growing with that technology um, to be able to produce more technology, per se. Um, That goes into, like, manufacturing a workforce. But um, <laughs> it's interesting to see that, like, the kids that have, like, iPhone Xs today in, like, the third grade will be, will, may or may not, because of the fact that they were introduced to the iPhone X, will be creating the iPhone 2X, like, a decade from now like well to be fair we don't really know but it is something that could happen and so like giving kids technology isn't like i wouldn't say an ultimately bad thing that sh- uh, shouldn't be done but it's, it's definitely be taken with caution but um honestly like raising a kid that is just a lot of caution pretty much cuz it's like you can't shelter them too much or else relatively bad things will happen and you can't not shelter them at all or else other relatively bad things will happen you have it's to a find balance yeah you have to strike a balance so one thing my um my parents told me i don't know if this is just an excuse but they say that never no parent ever really gets it right which it's hard to given that we're human and we're prone to making mistakes we're not technology um speaking of uh you guys know how there's uh for example, on every single box, there's, like, nutrition labels and whatnot. Yeah. And, like, there's tons and there libraries worth of books on, like, how to raise a child. Yeah. I've always wondered, uh, and this is more of a hypothetical, if we had a child, like, as soon as they were born and were raised, like, to the T on every single, like, nutritional and psychological guideline, like, what would happen? Like, if that baby was only fed, like, the exact amount of, um calories i guess or uh salt phosphorus other such chemicals that a baby needs and um was given like just enough uh or at least just enough scientifically prescribed uh tender loving care i would wonder um how that child would like grow
1: would that be an ideal child right right yeah
0: definitely harold what do you think
1: i mean i honestly
2: think that part of growing is that like you're not perfect that Mm -hmm. like you have to deal with um things like uh, getting bullied in school or like having to make friends like in different places stuff like that like i feel like if you grew up in an ideal situation maybe the outside world views you as perfect but you would never be able to like get along in the real world with like people just just everyone basically like you would be so sheltered like yeah you might be perfect psychologically you might be
0: extremely smarter
2: smarter than most people on the street you might be like not your average Perfect, Joe. Yeah, he- healthy, just as fit as possible. But I don't think you would they'd make—they'd be ready for society.
0: Ready for society. Okay, cool. So, like, I guess that kind of is a bit unethical, I think, but uh, kind of a lab rat, per se. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Just kind of there. And so then, like, as soon as you released them, it's like, I wonder... So, given that uh, humans are just naturally prone to making mistakes, would it even be possible to raise an ideal child?
1: I don't think there's such thing as an ideal child. Well, yeah, yeah. I, and like, I just think that humans grow through adversity, and access to not access to, but exposure to adversity uh, grows a child's character. I would say, um, I guess, like ch- children are exposed to awful things, mm-hmm. um, and like some more than others, and it's just a part of where you were raised and stuff. Um, and and it's harsh, but I think children can really grow through that, and. I don't know like growing as a child is very important you you are exposed a lot as a child Um, I can't remember what kind of article it was but it was like your formative years like before like eight years old or something will determine the rest of your life like your personality and that kind of stuff Um, because that's your background right Mm -hmm. and so what do you have if you're sheltered the whole time
0: right exactly so, like, I guess you're saying that you, while you would be able to... Well, okay. Still on the hypothetical. Um, while you would be able to manufacture an ideal child, you wouldn't be able to manufacture an ideal person. Yeah. 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 Because, like, that person has something that that child. Well, there's still people, but, like, that person would have something that the perfect person, in air quotes, um, wouldn't have. That being a um, personality...
1: Yeah, and this kind of moves us into the discussion of eugenics and genetic engineering and such, where you want to give the best life for the child as possible. Mm -hmm. And so, but how ethical is it to, I don't know, if they say we're born with a genetic disorder or like we're in the womb and it was discovered that this fetus had a genetic disorder that when born might affect their life is it ethical for you to go in and change that gene so that that child lives a different life? So, like, would you ch- love that child any less, right? Mm-hmm. And that,
0: that's a big that's a, Yeah, that's that, a really hard question. That's a, it's a very hard yeah. question. Um, hey, I don't what know. do you think? How would you, that, if you were given uh, the chance to genetically modify a baby so that they wouldn't have uh, a certain birth defect, would you do it?
2: Well, like, what a sort of birth defect are we talking about?
0: Because there's, like... Pick and choose.
2: There's things that, like... Where do you draw that line? Yeah. Where do What I is a birth line? defect? Um. So, I was a couple... I think last year, I was in a biology class where we talked about, like, how most kids get tested, like, really, like, as soon as they know they're conceived, just to figure out, like, do they have a disease, especially if their parents are at risk for something, because you can test compatibility. Mm-hmm. And especially if the parents are older, then the chance of genetic diseases gets worse. And, like, what they do is if, like, let's say your child has Down syndrome, then, like, they tell you that. But most of the time, it's fine. Like, you keep the child. Obviously, we can't genetically alter them now. But there's other things that are, like, far worse that would just stop them from being able to, like, get any drama in their life. Like, their life would just be constantly in pain. I forgot what it was called. Like, my professor told me, but it just like left me. So, I think if they're still able to enjoy their life and have fun, then I think you would leave it. But if you're given the ability to change it and it's for the child's like it's better for the child, I would I would think I'd be okay with it.
1: Yeah, but it's also like where do you draw that line? Yeah. And so it also opens up a moral precedent for
0: like, what, do you have the right to change that? It,
1: what else can we change, yeah. too? Because that power given in the wrong hands.
0: Then you get anime cat girls.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know, but we say that jokingly. But, yeah, that's definitely parent something might that we build, could... the, build a child around what they view as an ideal Right, kit.
0: exactly. And, I mean, we've seen before with the whole um, blonde hair, blue eyes thing, that doesn't really go down well when trying to matri- matriculate. Matricula-
1: Meticulously,
0: ah, wow, hmm, Uh, Uh oh (laughs) Oh, man, (laughs) um, matriculate—that's the word. Matriculate back um into society. Uh, it doesn't really um end well. Um, granted that the Aryan Racing was under different circumstances, but still, if everyone was given the opportunity with just enough money to produce what they saw a designer kid, then. What kind of, what would the next generation look like? Like, would we have, I mean, we could go like comic book with it and we could have kids with like red skin or like golden eyes or whatnot, but like also we could have like, oh yeah, I feel that a perfect child does not have this skin color, and then that's a problem, so.
2: Yeah. Honestly, I th- for me, when it comes to stuff like that, I just think like humans should stay out of it. Like, altering humans in that way is just completely unethical. Like, would it like, would giving every single child like ridiculous like make them all geniuses like better than human race probably but like is it not, worth it yeah yeah it's not worth it. because it was, I mean it it just, yeah yeah
0: because like if we produce a bunch of genius children then that might the make no one's a genius yeah and then we might like progress towards the singularity faster the singularity being a uh, event in which an AI becomes omniscient and rules the world Terminator basically Terminator and I mean that's not really something I don't want to go through, personally. I don't really... I mean, that's very dystopian. But, um... Yeah, and then especially, like, if we created a generation of geniuses, then, like, I feel that that would also ostracize all of the past generations who are, like, not geniuses. It's like, there would be a... There would be a disconnect in communications because, like, all of the really smart kids would be like, oh, yeah, I just got on my quantum mechanics class and it's like, a second grader. And then, um... Meanwhile, you have professors who are like still studying quantum mechanics. It's like, well, how how do you mesh that?
1: Because you have you that know? rift of divide, right? Trans- of transition.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, th- we should just probably stay out of stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, the anime cat girl thing that would be cool, <laughs> <laughs> admittedly, but it's still like definitely very um.
1: And how would the child feel?
0: Oh, if he, yeah, if of course, if right, 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 right.
1: <laughs> That they were modified, they were changed, they weren't deemed as good enough, and so they were changed.
0: Yeah, like just what by- kind
1: of what kind of mental impact would that have on a child? I mean, like, I I don't know. I, I feel like it leads to a lot of almost like an existential crisis where yeah. I'm not
0: enough, right? Or if I wasn't enough,
1: yeah. Um, so I was changed, yeah. and so I think I think that's just too touchy of a subject for. Just in general, for humans to be involved in,
0: yeah. Uh, but to be fair, gene editing has, um, well, not gene editing, but just the research in genes, has done a lot of good for the human race, specifically the Human Genome Project. Yeah. I mean, that was that was, I think we can all say that was a good thing, yeah. the fact that we know that. But um, yeah, it's like it's interesting to see how, uh, despite science existing for what like a millennia by now, very long time like an epoch maybe oh no not epoch that's too long but a um the fact (laughs) a while good while a couple years maybe like century or two but um the fact that science still hasn't reached a um a limit where we can say that science has gone too far to be fair though that line is drawn like honestly into sand and it's changing a lot of times because like um I remember when there was talk about having, like, uh, I think it was a SIM card, like, in your hand. People were talking about, oh, science, too far. Nope, nope, bad science. But
1: but now you have ideas like Elon Musk's, uh, oh, I can't remember what it was called, but...
0: Elon Musk has a lot of things. <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, a chip implant in your head, mm-hmm. where you'd be able to control things with a chip in your head. Right, right. Some people might deem that as too the far. future. Nope. <laughs> yeah, some people might think of that as the future, but some might think of it as too far, or... And I also think it's a generational divide, too. Um, and, like, we think that our older generations today are, like, so out of the loop.
0: But yeah, like stuck in the past.
1: That might be us. Oh, that that yeah. will be us, right?
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, and I think there is a lot to learn from the older generation, too, where you get a unique perspective before yeah. a certain era. So, right. like, in the sense of technology, back when our grandparents, per se, were growing up, they didn't have access to all this information, all this technology. And right they had the to way.
0: like do five-mile hikes in order to get to school every morning.
1: <laughs> I remember when uh, this movie was a nickel.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah, it's
1: just... It, it, it sounds cliche, but... Soda
0: pop was 100% sugar <laughs> and water. <laughs> yeah,
1: it, it seems so cliche, but... Yeah. That might be us.
0: Definitely. It's like, I remember when you could only connect to... 13 devices via bluetooth now you can connect to 256 (laughs) yeah um it's interesting to see how technology is like its exponentiality has made it so that um tech has is more fitted for younger generations i mean like every now and then you'll have like a development like prosthetics for example that uh, will reach back into a um will reach back to help uh, those who have, like, lost their legs in uh, wars, for example. But um, most of the time, for example, like, when Dark Mode came out with iOS 13 uh, for Apple devices, um, that was mainly for the people who had Apple devices, and that just happens to be, like, our generation, like, maybe a couple of millennials.
1: Yeah, and another thing that's interesting to see, uh, you mentioned Apple. Um,
0: oh, yes, Apple.
1: Yes, <laughs> Apple. Um I personally enjoy Apple products but oh my. um so that's the it's the majority in America where there was a survey done like 80% of US teens prefer iPhone over Android or like and there's like there's almost a stigma around owning an Android and especially in the US for no reason yeah, it's a whole green bubble issue right yeah, where I... uh, um, Androids have a different uh, texting service. it's different
0: because it's bad <laughs> it's yeah
1: um, but it's funny because that's the perspective that we get in America but looking overseas it's completely different right right um, but yeah so like overseas you've got companies like Huawei um, that's a big that's a big hitter now where um, mm. the question of espionage really uh, yeah um, so that's that's stigmatized in America, but it's commonplace
0: in China. Yeah, definitely. And so, um, going back to the Apple versus Android thing, I, I'm i assuming that you are firmly in the Apple camp.
1: I am firmly in the Apple camp. I am a firm believer in the Apple ecosystem. Okay,
0: Harold, you? Yeah. Ah, okay, well. Apple all the way. <laughs> mm, as the only Android stan in this room, I'd have to say, while I respect what Apple has done, I still feel that Androids are equal, if not superior. Well, Given the fact that we do make your batteries.
1: (laughs) Okay, that's fair enough. Yeah, Um, yeah. I don't know. There's been a lot of innovation on both ends, right? Um, You've got Apple who kind of ushered in this new era of the iPhone, the portable technological touchscreen device. Um, Mm -hmm. And, like, you've gotten strides each side. So, like, Androids tended to push the way into larger smartphones, things like that. Um, Apple has... uh, the Apple is more of a driver in you don't tech consumers don't know what they want until they've been shown. Right? And mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. It, it, it's what's pushed a lot of innovation in the company. Like Steve Jobs was a very power he was a very interesting mind. He was notoriously hard to work for. He was notoriously he was a, he was a strange man. Eccentric. Yes, but the technological innovations that he has made have made a extreme impact on society. So, like, how do you even come up with something like the iPhone? Right? Like, how do you come up with something like the AirPod? How do you come up with something like the watch? Apple? I, don't, I don't think Steve Jobs made the AirPod. Well, okay, well, yeah, but I'm just saying... He got the ball rolling. Yeah, in, in general, with the idea of... Um, Just consumers don't know what they want until they've been shown it. Yeah,
0: and that's actually a really dangerous thing in terms of, like, advertising. Because that's somewhat predatory when you think about it. It's like, hey, um, we're going to create a want that seems like a need. And, um... Because of, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, given that no one really thought they needed an iPhone until the iPhone existed, like, goes to show how good Apple is at advertising and making people think that Apple is superior. <laughs> yeah,
1: I've, I've, I've definitely fell into that trap. Yeah, um, yeah. Apple is capable of captivating audiences. Yeah, definitely. Their keynotes are very notorious for being memorable. Uh, uh, like, for instance, uh, at the end of Apple keynotes, uh, Apple has a notorious line oh, and one more thing. Yeah. Uh, where they introduce usually something revolutionary. So right, they introduce, right. they use that phrase for the introduction. Revolutionary. Of, revolutionary. So In like, that it's, some things are genuinely revolutionary from Apple. But that's like, true, that's they, true. They use that for the introduction of the iPhone, the introduction of the iPad. And those products are very prevalent today. Um, they're all over the place. Um, now Apple, I feel, kind of milks the idea of innovation. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? You can't, you can't rip on them for what they've done. Yeah, they've really completely changed the technology industry, and it reflects that they're the world's most valuable company.
0: That's fair. That's fair. Harold, how do you feel about the uh, predatory advertising of Apple in the sense that they have kind of manufactured a name for themselves, and uh, that has, in a way, kind of propelled them to where they are now?
2: Well, I don't. I don't really know that. I don't really think that Apple's like advertising is predatory. Like. So, what I mean by that is, like, most people want to buy an iPhone, but that's pretty much because everyone else has an iPhone, and, like, mm-hmm. it's a lot more simple to use, like, I, I know for me, like, I barely, like, I use, I get my iPhone, I get on Snapchat, Instagram, like, I don't get on much else, honestly. Like, okay. the camera's nice, it's just that it's so much, it's so much more, like, simplistic and compatible with many things, so, like, that's why I have and I just like the look.
0: All right, like, well... And, like,
2: they did invent a few things. Like, the iPhone was really revolutionary. Like, Steve Jobs was... Yeah, like, Adam said he was a creative man. Like, I read his whole, like, biography where there's a story when he was, like, in, like, either middle or high school where he, he set up a ticking timer in his locker. And his principal thought it was a bomb. And his principal grabbed the bomb and ran it into the middle of the football field just to figure out it was, like, a ticking timer. And then he got suspended for, like, a few weeks or something like that. Like, he was a very... Weird guy. Like
1: <laughs> so, interesting man. Interesting yeah.
0: man. I feel that, um, Harold, one point that you said it was really interesting was that uh one of the main reasons you had a um iPhone was it's like ease of access. Mm-hmm. And also that everyone else had it and also that um you already have stuff that's compatible with it. And so that's like kinda of what I'm getting at when I say that like predatory advertising because of the fact that um the reason like Apple has it's their they have that degree of separation in terms of advertising. In fact, that they're not really doing it. It's the other people that have Apple devices that are doing it. It's like, "Hey, it, like we all have this." It's a mind share. Yeah, yeah. Mind share.
1: Um and like it's interesting that you, I, I mentioned earlier about um how the Apple is just a strong grip on the US. You go somewhere like South Korea and Samsung, uh, Samsung's a South Korean company.
0: And to and be so, fair, Samsung's probably done the same thing there, so. Oh yeah,
1: I know. It's just like you ask someone in South Korea, They'll, they'll say that Samsung's tend to be easy to use overseas there. There might be but more places that accept Samsung Pay rather than Apple Pay or something like that overseas. Or, mm. um, I don't know, things of that nature where Samsung is built for their home market. Apple is built for their home market. Um, and perception changes too overseas where not as many teens might have an iPhone over there. Right. And it's not as much of a mind share over there. It's a strict de- decision of which I think is better? Not right, definitely. What what phone does everyone have so I can look cool and fit in? It.
0: It's more about like spec analysis in terms yeah. of like what can this phone do and what do I need it to do. Um, and so Harold, I have a, a another hypothetical for you. Mm-hmm. Um, given that uh, technology is being presented to younger and younger audiences, and technology is also being presented to more and more audiences, do you feel that it will be worth it for um, this is? somewhat similar to like a universal income but do you feel that technology in terms of like uh, let's just start with phones be like public access like everyone should have a phone or specifically like an iPhone or a Samsung well
2: I don't know about something like an iPhone or a Samsung because when you really think about it you don't need an iPhone or a Samsung now whether you say like could would everyone like have to have, like a, like, a basic flip phone that you can contact people in emergencies for? Sure, I'd be down with that. Like, give everyone the ability to, like, oh, I'm in an emergency. Like, I can, I have at the very least some backup to get me out of this, but...
1: I, th- I think the market's already saturated. And in, mm. in a sense of access to the internet, the government has kind of already filled that role as far as, like, public internet access and computers that, like, I don't know, a library or something. Um, so I guess that's kind of like the the standard, mm. um, at least in the United States, where you you at the very least can have access to the internet through a public means at like the library or something.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but like I guess going forward, trying to give everyone an iPhone, I mean, I I, I in no means think that's necessary. Yeah. And like, a lot of times people prioritize their phone as far as like a purchase that needs to happen every few years. When in reality, if you if you don't have the means to buy a new cell phone every year, don't buy a new cell phone. Don't don't yeah. don't buy a new uh, cell Be
0: smart phone. with your money. Be
1: smart with your money, and people are prioritizing their cell phones as a need, where they're in situations where they just can't. They realistically can't spend a thousand dollars on a phone.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's another thing. Is that like the phone being a thousand dollars in the first place? It's like that's. I feel that that's somewhat egregious.
1: Oh, yeah. I, it definitely is. Um, but Apple's good at. Advertising. <laughs> they, they they know how to. If anyone could charge a thousand dollars for a phone, it would be Apple. That's fair. And they they're really the one who broke into that supposedly niche market, where they made the iPhone X, iPhone X, their one of their most profitable cell phones. Right. They mm-hmm. they normalize a thousand dollar price tag, and that kind of brought the level up for all of our ma- other manufacturers. If Apple yeah. can charge a thousand, why can't we?
0: Yeah. Which goes back to the fact that there's no ethical means of consumption under capitalism. <laughs> um, going back to the whole uh, public forms of accessing the internet and accessing technology, I feel that there might not be enough of that in America. Because like, there are libraries, like those do exist, but um, when was the last time, not at school, did you hear about um, the library doing something? I mean, granted, I come from uh, Charlotte, shout out, Um, and, like, their library system is amazing. It's it's great. Like, you can feel their presence. But, like, when I go to um, another state or another um, county and, like, I, uh, like, look around, I can never really find anything, like, about their libraries. Like, it's so incredibly, like, low-key, I guess.
1: People forget they exist.
0: Yeah, people forget they exist. And, um that's like honestly really unfortunate because like the people who need like to use the library for something um they're not going to get that word of mouth like it's harder for them to find like if they don't know that a library exists how are they supposed to use it
1: or, or people have this misconception or uh, i guess idea in their head that the library is an old and dead place where you just can't do anything but like in reality you're so much if easy. you haven't been to a library within the past few years. I mean, it's, it's a reasonable place to get work done, uh, free Wi-Fi, um, like, reasonable computers. Yeah. It, it's a good tool that pe- more
0: people should be aware of that they can use. Definitely. This is a PSA from the Quixotic Topic. Go to your local library. <laughs> There'll probably be something interesting there for you. Uh, Harold, how do you feel about libraries?
2: Well, I think um, libraries is sort of one of those things that, you know, not many people use them anymore. Um and, like, you sort of... You do have to kind of go out of your way to find them now. And I haven't... Like, me personally, I think... <laughs> the last time I went to a library was to get the library card so I could go on my computer and search up stuff using the library, like, search thing.
0: Huh. That's interesting. Because
2: I needed to, like... Was some biology project. I needed, like, sources. And I couldn't... Like, just using books would have just taken entirely too long. Yeah.
0: So, like, the library was pretty much your last ditch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And, um... Also like I think a lot of the reason that is is they've like kind of like originally you'd have to go there to like get your books get your knowledge but now you can I can buy any pretty much any book I want just off the internet like mm-hmm. I say that but like I don't know like very historical texts that like maybe only like a few libraries have might not be on there but I think at this point it it'd be reasonable to say that most books are just like a couple clicks away so mm-hmm. And also like you could find more books online than probably any library would have just because it's not possible for any library to have you know every single book that's ever existed
1: and it's funny that you mentioned that because that's kind of what Amazon birthed out of right the Amazon. idea of a cohesive place where you can have access to everything millions and millions of books initially but it's yeah. grown to everything and you have this effect where Amazon is just putting retail out of business and right makes you wonder what happens what so, happens when there are no more retail competitors. Yeah, you what,
0: can effectively not have to leave the house ever.
1: Yeah, and like, what kind of what power does that give Amazon? Where if there's no other competition or no other means of breaking into a market of a vast global um, structure like Amazon that's able to ship things to you within a day yeah. for free? Right. It just it just blows my mind that they can do that. But like, once that system's in place and once retail's gone, what do you do? You can't turn to another company if Amazon's like the, it's a a monopoly, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. I feel that um, just the nature of technological improvement, like that exponential scale is inherently monopolistic because like once you have a hold of like your niche, you can essentially exploit it. And that's what a lot of tech companies are doing, especially with like inflating phones to cost a thousand dollars or basically making it so that it's essentially your one place for uh, your one-stop shop, literally. Um, gone now are the younger days of uh, mom and pop startups. Um, I think that it's it's kind of it's a hard question to answer because like it involves trying to predict the future. And of course, there's people that are trained to do that, at least with the best of their ability. But um, even then, most of the time, their pers- perspectives or projections are fairly grim.
1: Yeah. Um... And that's kind of like the public idea now, where there's almost like this sense of hopelessness against mm-hmm. Amazon, right? You've got, I mean, you've got people who are trying to compete, obviously. Right. Um, and like that again, there are competitors worldwide. So Amazon's got a hold of the U.S. market, a good chunk of the European market. Um, Rakuten is the Japanese equivalent of Amazon. That kind of has a stranglehold in um, the Japanese market. Um, but it just makes you wonder, you know. It's it, it's a big convenience though. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely, Amazon's a nice tool where it's a, it is a one stop shop. And I've de- I'm definitely uh, a heavy user of Amazon. It's mm. nice having stuff right at your doorstep, but it almost kind of makes you lazy too. Yeah, if you can yeah. have something in your doorstep within a day, or with Prime now, their two hour shipping service within an hour or two. Why leave my house?
0: Yeah, it's interesting that like you can sit. Um, on your bed like eating chips like and to order exercise equipment and then continue to eat your chips and later that day you'll have it <laughs> it's fairly I um, paradoxical um what you can do with uh, this technology and um and going back to like the whole like singularity thing based off of how uh, monopolistic the nature of technology is it's not hard to uh, see it as a wholly bad thing and um and another layer of perspective this is just like how Amazon is treating the people that work for it because there's m- been many um articles that came out I know this because of the technology that I used <laughs> um about Amazon like mistreating their workers in terms of like the people who are getting that those boxes to you and within like one day and whatnot are like under extremely uh stressful working conditions that honestly no one should really be uh, submitted to um. In that sense, there's been a lot of boycotts that uh, came uh, just to stop um, Amazon's malpractice of how they treat their consumers, well, not consumers, but workers.
1: Yeah, I I just read an article about uh, Amazon's been in a time crunch to remain competitive, I guess, and kind of squash the competition where they can go from free two-day shipping to free one-day shipping anywhere in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So if you just think about that logistically, trying to get packages shipped from one end of the country to the other within one day it just it just blows your mind but you have to wonder what kinda of conditions workers are being submitted submitted to, to reach that goal yeah and so like you you read articles about these Amazon workers that um basically they have these risk trackers on right. and if they're not in constant motion um, they dock that time against themselves yeah and they can't have more than a certain amount of idle time a day outside of their break and if they do that's a that's a point on them. Right. And too many points they're fired. That's, that's a very stressful working yeah, environment. Yeah, definitely. Um and, and and Amazon is a good proponent of I guess raising wages and stuff. I mean they they they, they pay their workers $15 an hour.
0: Yeah. And then like take that and then compare it to the, what it is essentially a shackle. <laughs> it's like is it really worth it?
2: Yeah. Um I've so- heard like terrible stories about like
0: Amazon like like at
2: their like warehouses or whatever like This is the same professor I was talking about earlier. She said that she had a friend that worked for Amazon. And they would, like... They would literally, like, pay them, like... They got paid reasonably well for, like... Like, they get paid better than minimum wage. Okay. So... But the thing is, like... Yeah, like, you have to constantly be doing stuff. And you have to work crazy, weird hours. And, like, they won't even give you something as simple as, like, a bathroom break. Like, you are like, go, like, pee in a bottle. Like, you don't have time to, like, go do something It messes up the messes up the rhythm or whatever
1: there's a set amount of time that they have to go to the bathroom Mm -hmm. um and so if you're gone outside of that bathroom time that that docks you against your idle time if you're not constantly moving
0: you're you're out right
1: Um, and and it and it kind of pushes kind of pushes uh these tech companies towards automation yeah right um i just recently uh did some research on the effects of automation you know what kind of things companies are doing for automation and right now we stand at this weird point where automation is taking it, it's most definitely taking, jobs. Right, but taking you're, jobs you're in this weird middle area where
0: it's like the jobs that people have for tech companies are like not good in terms of stress it's like there's money there but there's also a lot of stress and so companies try and circumvent that by automation but the more they automate then the less jobs there are and so now there's more people looking for jobs and it's like it's yeah. a it's a Unbalanced um, teeter totter.
1: Yeah, you're in this weird middle area where they they have to kind of coincide with each other. And automation, I mean, it's it's definitely projected to take away jobs. But if you take a look in the case of like Tesla, Tesla's had a lot of issues automating because like the technology might not quite be there. Uh, they had a ton of delays with their Model Three production just because of uh, their uh, automation. Their assembly line was completely automated. Which is nice, but if one thing goes wrong on that automation line, you can't swap out a worker. You can't swap out a worker who knows how to do it. You have to swap out a whole machine. Mm-hmm. And also Tesla, I think one thing with that is that like, it's such a
2: new company. It doesn't have like the experience of let's say Ford, like how to design cars and stuff. Like, I've heard stuff like like Tesla has like three times more parts to a car than a Ford does.
1: Oh, it's more than that. The uh, like the body frame has ten times the amount of parts as a Ford body frame.
2: Yeah, and like. The whole idea of electricity is like, I think it should honestly be simpler because with the engine, you have to deal with, you know, pistons. You have to, like, an engine is literally just a bunch of explosions that drives mm-hmm. your car. So you'd think that would take le- more than electricity, but like without, with Tesla and their very complicated design, like make stuff like that a lot harder than it should be. Yeah. But I mean,
1: I mean, Tesla cars are nice. I mean, that's they, true. They, nice. They've got that same Apple, I guess, nuance to them yeah. where... It's a very. It's it's different, and so it, it's, it's a a diff- good. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're seen as like the innovator, and like mm-hmm. Tesla does a very good job at what they do. Uh, their cars are, they they make nice cars, mm-hmm. um, and so it's just it, it it has been stated that if a company like Ford or um, GM had the Tesla design, it would absolutely squash all their competition. But it's just the fact that it's a Tesla's a still a small, very. Somewhat ill-managed company. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Ill-managed, and and that's just because of it's a new company, Mm -hmm. right? You don't have a hundred years of experience as like these automotive giants, not to mention lobbyists in Washington who push against uh, this kind of push because it, where's the money at right now? Mm -hmm, The, mm -hmm. The large automotive companies not Tesla
0: right um so maybe what we need is to get more children in cars so that like they'll grow up being used to them and then they'll produce better cars <laughs> tying it all back together yeah and with that uh, we've approaching the 45 minute mark and so if you guys have any closing remarks
2: uh I, I mean I had a good time I liked it we yeah talked you about guys were great. many different pol- things I' don't know about politics we talked about many different topics mm-hmm. had a good time
0: fairly quick sonic
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed this. Um, (laughs) uh, Getting this experience was, I don't know, it was good to just kind of chat.
0: Yeah, totally. It's what people need. Anyway, I'm Daquan. This was the Quixotic Topic. See you next time.